Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Cody, we are back. Uh, Gotta Talk is back after, um, you know, a, a hiatus, I guess. Happy New Year to everybody, right? Yeah, Happy uh, New Year. Took, took, took uh, some weeks off. Um, been been crazy. I've been uh, both personal life, everything going on um, with the holidays, with family, with, uh, you know, I, I was affected by the, the fires here in Colorado. Um, <clears throat> luckily, you know, all, all good. Um, we were, you know, had, had a place to move back to. Um, but you know, unfortunately it did hit the, uh, the direct area in, in, in which we live in, in the Louisville, uh, superior area here in Colorado. So been, been a crazy couple of weeks, um, being displaced and without utilities and all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously a ton that has happened uh, in the world of college football and the world of Georgia Southern football um, with uh, coaching announcements. So, you know, we'll get into that um, pretty much. You know, the last time we recorded, the only defensive hire we knew was uh, retaining Kevin Whitley, right, interim coach um, <clears throat> as secondary or as a defensive backs coach, right? Um, and or cornerback, sorry. And, uh, but yeah, that's all we knew. Didn't know the DC, didn't know any of the other position coaches. Um, still some offensive coaches that we, uh, hadn't, um, announced yet. So we'll get into that. We'll get into some key transfers that have come in as well as some announcements of, uh, players, uh, returning, um, and then a lot of good ones returning Cody. So, um, yeah, excited to get into it. Yeah. I think let's get started. So, um, jumping right into it, you know, we've, like I said, we we picked up uh, last time. Went through offensive hires. Obviously, talked extensively about um, Brian Ellis, new offensive coordinator, coming uh, from Western Kentucky. Uh, we uh, you know went through Ryan Applin and Kevin Whitley, like I mentioned before. So let's jump into the new hires here. Don't necessarily have to go in chronological order because I don't even know that off the top of my head. Um, but we'll start with the biggest one, right, which I think is defensive coordinator. Um, we were all kind of wondering um, where this direction was going to go. Um, you know, head coach Clay Helton had made it clear that he didn't want to shake up the defense too much. Um, you know, we obviously had been playing the 3-4 for a while here, um, and he wanted to just utilize the the talent that we had. Um and continue kind of down that path and that system. Um, and he, he got a good one. Um, you know, it's a position coach that is getting his first crack at being a defensive coordinator, um, but it's a really good one, really up-and-coming coach, um, Will Harris. Uh, so Will Harris comes, he'll be the defensive coordinator and secondary coach, comes from the University of Washington. Um, he was uh, their defensive backs coach there at a team, uh, you know, led the nation, right, in, in pass defense, um, you know, we're pretty good uh, overall in defense. Um, and he's produced, uh, just NFL prospect after NFL prospect, um, there. So, you know, high energy guy, I'm really excited to see what he can bring to, uh, to this Georgia Southern defense, Cody. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. This is a great hire. Um, it is his first shot at being defensive coordinator, but you look at the things that Washington has done out there in the Pac-12, and we'll get into the other coach that we brought, two other coaches we brought from that staff over here, but you can't help but be excited. If that translates into top defenses here in the Sun Belt, 
that's going to look very good for us to not only make bowl games, but to compete for some belt championships going um, into the future. So, no, I, I think this is a great hire. He's going to come in and coach a secondaries group, which I think a lot of us think needs to, to have a lot of work on um, and, and to improve that area. We saw a lot of deep passes on us last year. Um, and I think historically, a lot of us fans have, have always thought that the secondary has, has lit some you know, <laughs> deep bombs get past us that shouldn't have. Uh, but no, I think this is a great hire. I think it's exciting. Um, and this is one that I thought that Coach Helton and company knocked out of the park. I, I can't see anything that, that is a negative with this outside of the fact that this is his first coordinator job. But, you know, somebody has to start somewhere. And he was been rising the ranks through the coaching circles um, pretty quickly. So I think this is just his next step. Um, in his in his journey as a football coach, so no, I think this is great. No no complaints here. Right, and and uh, you know he was going to get snatched up uh, somewhere, right, sooner or later. Yeah, so. yeah, that was yeah he was going to get snatched up by somebody. Like, and, and that's that, the that thing to keep in mind with all with all these guys. You know, we got some you know veteran guys. We'll get into the offensive line coach here coming up. Um, but obviously, you know, we've got some young guys, you know, you say what you will about Ellis or Applin, um, you know, <clears throat> both of which obviously have play calling experience on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, they're, they're young guys. I mean, if you look across, you know, kind of the theme of this um, of this coaching staff, it's it's young guys that have a lot of potential. You well, know, that, energy that, you too. Know, I mean, like yeah. just they really want to get in and, and, and do well, whether it's recruiting, the, you know what they coach at their position level or whatever and, and they're up and comers like they like they're not just settling to be the defensive line coach or you know secondary or defensive backs coach or whatever you want to look at it like they're they're looking to do well so that they can improve and, and, and move on to a better job right yeah so if if you look um at will harris you know he is a California guy, Pasadena, California. He did play at USC, um, so maybe connection with Clay Helton there, although um, he ended his playing career in 2009, uh, I believe right before Clay Helton came on staff, right? Um, so, But I'm sure their, their paths probably crossed. Um, he played a little bit with uh, Seattle Seahawks 2010, also played in the uh, Canadian Football League. Um, Coaching-wise, he before uh, Washington, San Jose State, um, you know, we know uh, they've they've had good teams right in the past. Um, he was a co-defensive coordinator um, before that, although at a smaller level at Dixie College, um, as well as their uh, recruiting coordinator and defensive backs coach. So uh, maybe some, you know, uh, defensive play calling experience there, um, you know, albeit at a small, small stage. stage yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, you look, you look at like the past hires, right, with, um, it's, this isn't new, no. you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not used to, to bringing in experienced defensive play callers or, you know, or OCs really. Um, and, and even in, in, in football, I mean, you, you look at, uh, Munkin, right. I mean, Munkin was a, was a B-backs coach <laughs> at, at Georgia tech and he came in as head coach. So, um, and then Scott Sloan, of course, was a co-defensive coordinator at App State coming in. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's warranted to have some concerns about, okay, well, you know, he, he can coach defensive backs, but can he coach the entire unit? Um, but like I said, you, you have to start somewhere and I just, I, I feel really good about it. Yeah. And you know I that think, they've had they to have the conversation when going through the hiring process. Like, I, what kind of defense would you run? How would you handle the situation here? Like all that had to be addressed. Um, and you talk about their, their pass cross and they had a pass, you know, they played, they played against the coach against each other out in the Pac-12. Mm. So Clay yep. Helton, you know, is probably, you know, 
looked at the past couple seasons of Coach Harris out there, you know, with their secondary group, defensive backs group, and and had to be obviously impressed for him to hire him as his defensive coordinator. Yeah, and I and, and I think that's in in reverse, right? Too. Yeah. I mean, for him to want to come here, right? I I know Washington is going through a coaching change, right? But I mean, you're you're talking about a guy that coached a defensive backfield that led the nation in pass defense, right? So I mean, that's gonna get you, you know, a job. Oh, yeah. Now, would it be a DC job? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you know, just like we've uh, said on here before with Clay Helton, like it's not like this was the end of the road, right? This no. wasn't like bottom barrel basement. Like he would have had other no. opportunities. Yeah. But I think that's and, that's and, to say something coaching, for, for Clay and Helton. Their coaching aspect over there, it wasn't so much a lack of their defensive performance. Right, their defense was always good. Is more their offensive yep. side of the ball and kind of their head coach personality that didn't I don't think mesh well since since Peterson yeah, yeah since Peterson left they just haven't really meshed well yeah in so um, but no and, and and another thing too and I guess we can move on to this a lot of Washington fans was hoping he was being kept on by the new staff yeah so yeah, that did see a negative no, thing on no. social media everybody was like you got a great yeah. one this guy's awesome we wish he would have been retained like you know same thing that we were saying like he could have got a job pretty much anywhere like yeah so so really you know watching a few interviews and stuff with them yeah so, I, I think we have yeah so on, gym, on paper you know, it looks this. great now you know we'll yeah. have to see how how things play out in, in the fall and, and and moving forward but no right now it looks it looks great now personnel to work with we'll get more into this in a second um, but he's got it right. I mean, a lot of guys return um, across the board, but on the defensive side of the ball. And I think um, you know he, he's gonna his cupboard's gonna be full, right? I mean, he, he's yeah. he's gonna have some playmakers. Um, not saying that there's not positions you know to to recruit for and and develop, but but he's gonna have uh, you know especially defensive backs, and obviously he's got Coach Whitley there too. Um, but yeah, he, he's gonna have a lot to work with. So um, going down, we'll stay on the defensive side of the ball, and then we'll go into, I believe, the lone offensive hire since we recorded. What, well, two, um, two offensive, offensive hires. Coach. Two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, with running backs. No, coaches, well, right. three wide so, receivers coach, the outside. Oh, I, okay, there you go. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> state defense. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go down the list. So um, we'll go well, hold to. On. Technically, uh, the running backs coach yeah. was hired when we first did the other interview, but it changed. A different it's one. A different yeah, one. Yeah, but he's yes. different. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of things have happened <laughs> in, in, what, three, four yeah. weeks since we recorded here. So um, let's jump to, love this name, Rip Rowan, right? So <laughs> defensive yeah. line coach, Rip Rowan. Um, and you know, this is a guy, he, um, comes from, uh, uh, Washington as well. Right. Yes, so he was um, defensive line coach yep. for Washington this past season. Yep. So Will Harris brought two guys with him, um, from, from Washington an analyst and then, uh, Rip Rowan, who was a on, on the field coach, like you said. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, another young guy, yes. um, this is a He's guy actually really that's from, from Georgia, from, from, yeah, from, from Marietta, Georgia. Um, yeah, he's younger. Yeah. 91. Yeah. Um, born, uh, played at Austin, uh, uh, P, um, in Southern Miss, uh, and 
Yeah, um, you know, had had experience um, as a defensive analyst at Washington before moving to defensive line, um, and then was a graduate assistant at both Southern Miss um, and Florida Atlantic. But um, you know, another up and coming guy that I think you know uh, from what I've seen, high energy guy. I know obviously a lot of people were um, sad to see uh, Vic Cabral right leave. Um, you know, one of our own. But uh, but you know, I think this is a guy that's going to come in and and uh, re-energize that D block. You know, keep keep that high energy um, and and get after the quarterback. Yeah, I think the hard thing about losing coaches here that that we adore, right? Like there, nobody can say a bad thing about Vic at all. Um, is that we think that nobody else can come in and do as good a job or better. Um, but just because we lose a, a good coach and coach Vic Cabral doesn't mean that that this guy coming in can't be just as good, if not better. And I think he is. I think this guy is 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 has what it takes, and he looks like to be again somebody who has a point to prove. He's not looking just to be a defensive line coach for the rest of his life. He probably wants to be DC or a head coach one day at a major major university. And, you know, the only way to get there is to have great results. And so I think he has something to prove here. And he knows if he doesn't, it's going to be a long way to, to, to kind of work his way back up. So, no, I think, again, their defensive line last year, Washington did, did really, really well. He was a part of that. Let's see what he does with an experience. Well, we lose one guy, unfortunately. But for the most part, a pretty experienced defensive line. See what he takes, um, how he works it, and see how he recruits. But, no, on paper, again, this looks like to be a fantastic hire that Will Harris and Coach Helton have brought in uh, to secure our defense. I think, again, I think you're going to hear a consistent theme with Matt and I on a lot of these hires is that it all looks great and that the the proof is going to have to be in the fall. But I can't find one negative thing unless you want to point at age, maybe experience, but no, everything looks well, you great. You could argue with, that for Vic, right? I mean, Vic's going to get the oh, yeah, you of the can. because yeah. he's an eagle, right? But I mean, yeah, yeah, but exactly. Other than that, like you look at the resumes, pretty. I mean, similar, but I mean, probably give give the nod to Rip, right? I mean, you know, be, being at yeah. a Power Five school, um, where where obviously Vic was on staff here, came back. Uh, yeah, and that's another thing too. I mean, with uh, with. Um, Hatcher, right? At you know, a lot of these analysts, a lot of these analysts at Power Five schools don't just move up the chain like he does, right? They either go to a smaller school and then kind of work their way up. But no, they took him right from analyst to defensive line coach. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and yeah that speaks volumes, I think, because because yeah, I mean, at, at at that level at a Pac-12 school, right? I mean, they can have pretty much anyone they want. Um, so yeah. And, um, yeah, so moving down the list, uh, the um, second guy uh, that Will Harris is bringing with him from the University of Washington is Aaron Schwartz, or uh, Schwans, I'm sorry, Aaron Schwans. Um, so this is uh, an analyst, uh, so another young guy. Um, you know, he was a def- defensive analyst with Washington, also a defensive analyst with LSU, um, and then he was a linebacker special teams coordinator um, with Southeast Louisiana um, for uh, between 2014 and 17. Um, he was a GA at Wisconsin, wide receivers coach at UTEP, and then a GA at Midwestern um, State. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, pretty good um, resume there. Uh, some on-the-field experience, obviously, most recently um, off the field. Um, but this is another one that I think, you know, younger guy uh, that I, you know, excited about. Yeah, 
again, you can maybe, again, the thing here is going to be coaching experience. But again, you just said four years at Southeast Louisiana as a linebacker's special teams coordinator. You know, again, I can't say anything else besides that he's young, maybe doesn't have as much experience as what we'd hope, but at the same time, he's coming from a Pac-12 school. He's mid-30s. I mean, he was born 85, he's, so he's, he's, he's older yeah, than he's, some of these. He's coached under some really great defensive minds. Um, the the one at LSU who's now the head coach at Baylor, yeah. um, he was under his tutelage for a little bit. And, Aranda. I mean, yes, Aranda, there you go. And, I mean – it, the 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 not you have to say that the knowledge is there now can he now can he vocalize it and get young men to do what they want and and coach them up and get them to have great results we'll see that in the fall but again I can't I can't look at this and say I don't know about this this is look good no this looks like a great hire this looks like this is everything that we want in a linebackers coach um, I mean I don't I can't. I can't find a fault in the it. The Dave Aranda and, tree is like saying like the Nick Saban tree or like the Dabo Sweet yeah, tree for yeah. like offense. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it. I mean, yeah, if, if you're from that, like you, you know what you're doing, you know, you've, you've learned from, from oh, the best. Yeah. Um, no, I was just going to, I was going to say, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, that's not, that's not something small just to overlook and just say, oh, well, who cares or whatever. What has he done on the field? No, that's a big that's a big thing. You know, whenever you can get in a room with somebody like like him and and just listen to him day in and day out for what two three seasons, that's that's huge. So, um, moving on, let's see. We'll jump to we'll jump to offense. So let's do we'll do wide receiver. So uh, Marcus Davis comes in. Um, he's uh, from Boynton Beach, uh, Florida. Uh, played at Auburn, um, which was uh, the alma mater of uh, head coach Clay Helton. Um, he was a wide receivers coach at Hawaii um, this past year. He was a GA before that at Florida State. Um, and then at his alma mater of Auburn um, was the uh, off-the-field um, offensive analyst, strength and conditioning intern. Um, and then in 2019 was assistant director of player personnel and player development for Auburn. Um, so, you know, once again, Clay Helton going to the Auburn connection, um, right, getting the, the GM. We talked about that in the last episode. Um, from the University of Auburn, now getting a wide receivers coach. Cody, tell, tell me a little bit about uh, Marcus Davis. Again, um, coming from Hawaii last season, there seems to be some issues out of Hawaii. Um, their head coach just got fired here lately, so looks like he uh, did a good job of getting out of there. Um, again, I think he has he has a group to work with. We just brought in a lot of receivers in our recruiting class. We'll see what happens, but again – Young guy, young coach, he's going to have something to prove. He's going to want to show well. And I think this is somebody that's going to be great to kind of teach our receivers to actually, you know, run routes <laughs> and, and do more than just block 85% of the game. So when, when you know, when these receivers are going to be more involved in the offense, this is the kind of guy here that you can look at and say, okay, teach them how they actually play this position because outside of blocking they may know really like one or two routes but that's kind of it um so no i think we'll see what happens in the fall but again i can't i can't really say anything outside of that he's young and you know with everything that happened in hawaii 
The receivers did well. They know what I mean. It wasn't like that was the fault of what no, happened. It was all in Hawaii. off the field stuff. Yeah. No, it's all off the field stuff. That was more with the head coach and anything else. So, and he wasn't a part of that, not that we know of. And and so no, I think he understood that the situation there was bad. He was there for one year. He did his best, and he cost a living less. Over here and found, <laughs> yes, yes, he cost a living's less. Uh, and uh, not as close to the beach, yeah. but regardless, I, again, I can't, I can't look at this and say what was Coach Helton thinking. Well, he's going to have support too, right? I mean, you've got right, yeah. you've got Ryan yeah. Applin, who's the the tight ends coach, inside receivers, um, and the pass game coordinator, right? So we talked about him in the last episode. Obviously, he played quarterback at Arkansas State, coached there, running backs last year, um, but he's you know been an offensive coordinator in the past. So like he'll have support there. He'll have support with Brian Ellis, new offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach, and then of course Clay Helton. You know, uh, being you know the offensive uh, you know genius that he is, like he, he's yeah. going to have that support around him. Where um, I think he'll continue to grow and develop as a wide receivers coach. Um, and and we have you know while it hasn't been our bread and butter, uh, we've got. Time Talent there, we're bringing in more talent with this latest recruiting class. Maybe some more to come, right? With with transfers, um, but from from what we see returning, um, you know, again, he's got something to work with. So I, I think you know he's got a huge opportunity in front of him um, to to show that look, you know, we can we can be a um, a legitimate passing threat. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. No, that's that's all I got. No, I think this is a great position for a young coach like him to come in and prove himself. So moving to Matt Merritt. So this is an interesting one, right? So you had this is a very good, a hire. huge hire. I mean, literally, I think you could argue from that first batch that we talked about in the last episode, the running backs coach might have been the big home run hire. Of everyone, right? I mean, you know, with uh, with Ephraim uh, Reed, right, and and uh, coming from Michigan State, yes, he was off the field. Um, he was a running backs analyst. He's how he helped out with the running backs, a dominant running game there at Michigan State, right? Um, and <clears throat> we were really excited about it. another young guy been, uh, you know, uh, mentioned yeah. on a bunch of list of like top twenty five up and coming coaches, all this kind of stuff. Then he leaves. Running back uh, coach leaves Michigan State. Um, they immediately go to him, right? So same thing, right? That that says something. Yeah. That they they could have yeah. went and got and anybody. In fact, his that running back coach in Michigan State went to Florida because he was previously at Louisiana yep. under Napier. So that's kind of how this all kind of relates to each other. And then Michigan State, you know, immediately called him calls about him up and what, say, "Come yeah. back." Boom! I don't even know if he ever made it to states for all. Maybe, um, but yeah, ve- who knows very he, short. Yeah, who week, knows if he even yeah, signed the lease? Yeah, week, two it. weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, very short contract. But uh, yeah, so he's back at Michigan State. Good for him. And then, now, let me ask yeah. you this, because I don't know this question, and maybe you do. But with position coaches like this, is there like a buyout that Michigan State has to give us? Even it may be smaller, obviously, than a head coaching buyout. But is, would there be any sort of a buyout with something like that? I don't like know that? if it's standard. Um, I'm sure it exists. And it just depends on the contract, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, it certainly would be smaller. And, and that's the thing is, like, I assume contracts were signed. Um, and it wasn't just a verbal agreement. I mean, it was official. You know, they, they the, the yeah. school announced it. They announced yeah. it. Um, you know, I, I never even saw if he ever got a bio up. I think he did, right, on, on, on the website and all that. Um, so, yeah, he was on the payroll. Um, 
and there is a there are contracts involved, obviously, with coordinators and um, and on the field position coaches and off the field coaches. Um, but yeah, I, I would think there would be something or some kind of out. Um, I don't know if who's on the hook for that. If that's him, if that's Michigan State um, combination, I don't know. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if uh, you know someone can uh, can dig into that. Um, but you know we. Uh, so yeah, that opens up very short turnaround, right? I mean, you're you're still scrambling, kind of put a staff together before Christmas. Um, that one we <laughs> there was a little panic. There was a little the, panic. Yeah, we were like, oh god, we already <laughs> had someone leave. Um, well, I think what was funny was that it went from why are we hiring a guy with no experience to like, oh man, we must have had a really good coach for Michigan State to like steal him back. It opened a lot of eyes. Yeah, and yeah, and um, and yeah. So then he knocks it out of the park, maybe even more. Right. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he, he, uh, he won up himself by, by getting Matt Merritt. So this is a guy, um, born in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, <clears throat> played at, at Capitol. I don't even know where that is, <laughs> uh, from 2006. Well, to hold 2009. on. Now, now the bio says he was born in Germany, his hometown in Cincinnati, oh, there you Ohio. Go. Yeah. He was born in Germany, but in born in Germany, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So, um, so yeah, Capital then Ohio State. Okay, so probably junior college, um, and then yeah. yeah, I played at Ohio State in 2016, um, and then uh, went to University of Ohio. Um, <clears throat> so coaching experience, he was uh, last year senior offensive analyst at the University of Tennessee, right under Josh Heupel there, um, and mm-hmm. then he had a run, and he was tabbed to be the UFC running back coach before Heupel left for Correct. Tennessee. Yeah, that's yep. how he got up in Tennessee was he went from there and to then that he followed before him. that had a string of connections with former and future um, conference opponents, <laughs> right? So you have James Madison running backs coach 2019 to 2020, obviously James Madison joining here, maybe as soon as next year, um, maybe we can get into that. Um, but certainly, uh, 2023 right um they will be the hardest one to get in before they will they will yeah because they're transitioning yeah they're transitioning from SES. but yeah so he was there their running backs coach 2019 to 2020 i believe one of those years they won a national championship um don't quote me on that right Um, but obviously maybe perennial power right in fcs so that's that's great to see uh, Elon before that running backs coach special teams coordinator 2017-18 um he was Ohio Dominican, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, don't yeah. know. Don't 2016 uh, running back special teams coordinator. He then before that GA at Ohio State, um, his alma mater, and then St. Charles Prep. Um, and uh, he was a running back coach and special teams coordinator there. So, um, so yeah. Again, uh, similar to the wide receivers coach, good kind of mix of on the field and off the field experience um, at yeah, every level, right? And um, yeah, I think this is another young up and coming, uh, guy, uh, that really excited to see what he can bring to this running back again, a ton, a ton to work with. And we'll, we'll get into that here soon with, with people returning, you know, spoiler alert, JD King, Amari Jones, um, obviously Gerald Green, Jalen White, list goes on, right? It's plenty of talent to yeah. work with. Um, you know, maybe had some concerns last year with Upshaw coming in, obviously one of our own. Um, but you know, he had way less experience than this guy. Um, right. And again, I think the Vic, Vic crawl effect, we were kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt coming in as one of our own, this guy coming in with a lot of experience. 
Yeah, a lot of experience and a lot of good experience. A guy that comes very highly rated. A lot of people when they saw this was like this this is this is a great hire for, for Georgia Southern. I think at the end of the day, when when you look at everything that everybody who's been hired, it's gotta be a top coaching staff in the conference. Um you're gonna have your question marks at offensive coordinator, obviously. But when you start looking at the supporting staff, everybody looks like a home run hire and this guy is just on top of it. I mean, everywhere he goes he has succeeded. And on top of that, he got to spend under Tennessee in their little in their high powered offense um, there. So I can't I can't look at this and again be like this is terrible. No, because it's not. This is great. And again, this is somebody who you could tell is looking to succeed and further his coaching career into a better position. And that's what you want. So again, I think I think that this is going to be just a fantastic hire. And and the players that he has to work with and mold and coach up is going to be phenomenal. And I can't wait to see what J.D. King does and Jalen White and the rest of them, Gerald Green, um, how much better they're going to be this season. Yeah, I mean, you look across the board, right? Washington, Tennessee, um, you know, special teams coordinator with, with NFL experience, right? And I uh, I mean, even even at the group of five level and in, uh, in Applin and um, in Ellis, right at Western Kentucky, like you're you're talking about guys that, yeah, with really good experience at, at really good schools, um, that that did really well in their area of expertise, um, and you kind of compare that maybe to some of the the recent coaching staffs of the past. I'm not putting them down by, but I mean resume wise, like it's night and day. You know, I'm not like like oh, yeah. potential. Sure, like you could argue that all day long. I'm not saying that you know Upshaw or Vic Cabral or any of these guys aren't going to be successful coaches. Um, but you you look at just like the potential of where they're at and compare resumes, and it's not even close. So just really really excited. Even though the the underlying theme is these are all, you know, um, high twenties, low thirties, you know, age group guys. Um, they still have really quality experience at this stage of their life, um, and and again they're yeah they're making all these lists of, of top up and coming and um, yeah there's something to be said for that. Yep. No, you completely agree. So um, let's see. So finally, what do we got? We got. Uh, it, we is, it is probably the most important one that a lot of people. Oh, offensive were line. Yeah, offensive hear. line. Yes. So offensive line and this this. Yeah, so I know I just got done saying the this is the big. running backs coach was the biggest, and 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 so Ephraim Reed was before this guy was hired, right? Um, and then we replaced yeah. him with a Tennessee guy, which I think I mean again short notice being able to turn that around like that's huge. But then this hire comes in, and this might be the biggest one, certainly on the offensive side Surprised of the ball. Surprised me a lot because yeah, I mean you're talking about yeah I mean again theme young young up and coming guys. This is a guy, and I've got to look at his age, so I'm not like wrong on here. He's a little bit so older. older. So you're talking about an older guy, right? In in his 40s, right? Um, so this is low, low 40s. 40s. Yeah, born in 1980 from Gainesville, Florida, same as uh, as uh, Clay Helton, right? Um, <clears throat> yep. Richard Owens. So this is a guy that we stole, and I'm going to say stole um, from UAB, right? The, a program that. Disbanded their, uh, you know, uh, their football program a few years ago um, for financial reasons. Came back in a huge way, and 
and yeah, and I mean they've they've been one of the perennial powers in Conference USA. Um, just beat BYU, going right? To American, yeah, going to the American Athletic Conference now. Um, yeah, what a turnaround for that program. Just beat BYU, yep. right? Probably biggest upset in the, in, in the bowl season, um, arguably. Um, I mean, yeah, just just own them. And, uh, and yeah, so he, he comes to us from UAB as their offensive line coach um, and, and comes to us as uh, offensive line and our run game coordinator. Um, so you look at UAB, that's, that's a high-powered offense. Um, they've had dominant offensive lines, um, you know, for the past several years. Um, and then, you know, <clears throat> Richard Owens also before UAB – has uh, plenty of experience. Louisville, tight ends coach, recruiting um, coordinator. South Alabama, offensive line coach um, and tight ends coach. And then he was at UAB for another stint before that as their tight ends coach, as their offensive coordinator in 2013, um, and their wide receivers coach, and then uh, their tight ends coach in 2012. Um, So, yeah, ton of experience, um, quality experience. I'm really, really excited about this hire. And, And played well. In, in the NFL, yep, yep. you know, five seasons in the NFL is not a a something to, to laugh yep. at. Played at Louisville, played for the Vikings, the Rams, and the Jets. So, yeah. So no, I think with this, I watched that that bowl game with UAB and BYU, and the thing that I noticed about their offensive line is that they generated push and they were nasty. And to do that against a BYU team who has a pretty nasty and dominant defensive line was pretty impressive. Um. And I cannot wait to see that here because I think, you know, one of the things that you and I have talked about extensively, at least since probably what the 2018 season, is how the offensive line has not seemed to have generated that push or doesn't seem to have that nastiness in it that we would hope to see, especially in a in a in a team that was supposedly run heavy option based offense, right? Um, no, I, I I this this coach, Coach Owens. He should be able to to instill that into this offensive line, and 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 start to get them to understand how to work as a unit, and to you know push the defensive line down the field and and, and help honestly help the running backs out right because if you're pushing the defensive line back two three four yards, well that just makes our talented running back core, you know that much more better at what they're gonna do. Yeah. So no, I this is this one is is great. This one is I can't wait to see how this affects the team. And again, consistent theme here. This looks like a great hire on paper. Here's the other thing too. We actually stole a coach. Same position. With same position from a from a team that's going from Conference USA to to the American Conference. Yeah. That's a that's a big deal. It is. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's a that's a pretty huge deal. Guy, former offensive, well, then that former doesn't happen here. Coordinator, former, you know, uh, tight ends coach at at Louisville, right? So power five position coach experience. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, this is this is really big. No, no, I completely agree. This is huge. Like I said, the one question mark I think, at least from my perspective, is just the offensive coordinator. But you and I discussed that extensively on the last podcast is probably that, you know, there'll be a lot of hands in that pot helping out um, with that. But, no, I think this is – this looks great. Yeah, I, th- I think the offensive fantastic. play calling this is, is going to be an off- – like 
OC by committee, right? I mean, and I say that yeah. in, in a good way. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm not undermining Ellis and saying that he's not going to be the primary play caller, but you've got guys like Richard Owens with experience, obviously Clay Helton and the head coach that may or may exactly. not be calling the plays. We don't know. Um, you have a lot of smart, lot minds, of smart in the minds, minds in the room. So it's not going to be, this is, uh, you know, this isn't a dictatorship, right? <laughs> um, this is going to be a democracy. This is going to be a committee um, that comes together and and, and puts well, together. Know, that was a one of the things plan. I think we talked about prior to the Clay Helton hiring was that, you know, and, and not to knock Coach Lonsford because I know that he loved the university and loved the program and did his best. But when you line up him and our coaching staff against probably the other coaching staffs in the conference, you start looking at it and you're like, hmm especially head coach wise, you know, maybe eighth, seventh, yeah. maybe a little lower, maybe a little higher, depending on how you look at it. But the the actual staff itself, you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Like they like the, maybe the average in the conference. But this I wouldn't even say average. I mean this staff you, yeah. Yeah. I mean and, and not to hurt feelings or not to 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 to, to try to talk bad about because I know they tried hard and everything, but no, it's this looks like a it's an, FBS, an FBS, it's an FBS group of five FBS solid coaching, coaching staff. staff. And and, yes. and that's the thing is like no, it's 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 exactly what I just said. Right? It's not it's not disparaging those guys. It's not saying that they're not going to be successful coaches, but at the time it was underwhelming. The resumes just didn't yeah. glow. They didn't, you know, the only things that you kind of got behind was like, okay, we're hiring like former George Southern players, right? I mean, like everybody loves the Cabral like Upshaw coming back. Awesome. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, and like the best cool. Right. I mean, like he's coming in, like he had some success in New Mexico. Well, that was really the funny thing. Like we nailed the, we nailed the, the best issue right on like one of the first two or three episodes that we had, we were like, this looks great, but his points per game at New Mexico ain't to be desired. And, and we're like, well, well, you know, we should have better players. You know, at the time the Sun Belt wasn't what it is now, but you're thinking better players, maybe weaker defenses that he's going up against should should drastically improve, and it never did. Yep. Um, no, I think when you look at this, these are young guys who want to recruit great players, who want to do great things, and who have great aspirations to be great coaches. And that, to me, is going to be a formula for success. Well, even like Doug Roos, right? I mean, Doug Roos comes in, everybody's excited about it because they want to relive the glory days of 14 and 15, right? But I mean, you're talking about a guy that, yeah, has success. How much of that success was like him and how much of that success was um, was Willie Fritz, right, at, at Sam Houston and at George Southern? I know, or his or staff. His staff. I, I know, mean, Del yeah. McGee was the running back uh, coach. Alex Atkins as the offensive line yeah, coach. Yeah, I mean, now OC at, at Florida State. So, Yeah, again, that staff was amazing. This staff looks like they could have that potential, if not even better quality of coaches, to be honest with you. I mean, what the defensive coordinator at the time is now, what the co-defensive coordinator at Liberty yeah. now. So, again, we haven't had a, a solid coming in. up and down yeah, coaching staff right. since 2015. Correct. Yeah, cut coming in the gate. It's not. It's not that the potential wasn't realized or that the potential wasn't there. It was just coming in. It was like okay prove it where like the guys coming in they might be young they might not have all the experience in the world but they've proven it right i mean they they've they've they they have the resume um so yeah that's that's just really exciting um but yeah so um i guess cody going from there i think that covers all the coaches correct me if i'm wrong um 
I think you're right. And we will go into players. Um, and the biggest, I think, you know, where we'll start is obviously, you know, we cover recruiting, um, you know, bringing in the most recruits in the Sun Belt with, with 20. Um, obviously, we said we had 25 spots. We were wondering uh, if that number would grow with the amount of players returning or entering the transfer portal or deciding, you know, just to hang it up or going to NFL, so on, so on. Um, and we found out that a lot of players are returning. Um, so that the, the little question mark there as far as uh, how many scholarships we really have to work with, um, I don't have that answer. Um, but uh, we no knew clue. we knew we had a little bit of wiggle room to bring in um, some experience uh, on, on the player side um, through the transfer portal, right? And we did that in a big way um, in a position that, you know, was was a bit of, of a question mark with a change in offense, and that's quarterback. Um, and we fulfilled that with, well, we brought in several, so we can get to that, but I think the big one um, is Calvin Trees. Um, so coming in from the University of Buffalo, um, this is a guy who has uh, started there since 2017, um, as a senior last year, uh, you know, Buffalo wasn't, uh, wasn't great record, record wise, you know, four and eight. Um, but he, uh, new coaching staff, new coaching staff, breaking in new offense. Right. Um, but this is a kid with a ton, a ton of starting experience, um, in FBS football, right. Uh, yes. Played the first 10 games of the 2021 season, um, 161 of uh, 262, um, over 1,800 yards, eight touchdowns, six interceptions, um, also rushed for three touchdowns. Um, kid can punt. Right, he had a he had a punt against yeah. he had a punt against Nebraska. Um, Don't think he has to worry about 80, that aspect. He, here. he won't. He he shouldn't with Anthony Beck. Um, but hey, uh, Anthony Beck might has a competition in there too. <laughs> Not, they could switch positions. They, he played quarterback in high school. There right? you go. There you go. Yeah. So that that might be a fun experience. But yeah, uh, he averaged sixty five yards of two punts. Um, now now that was skewed because in the Nebraska game he punted for eighty one yards. Um, and, and that wasn't even just like a bounce. I mean, he, he knocked it, Uh, go back and watch the Twitter video. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, this is a kid that, uh, you know, six, three, uh, two fifteen from Stowe, Ohio. Um, he, he was a, he was a solid, uh, starting quarterback in the Mac. Um, right. And I, I think this is a guy, he's a a six year senior using the COVID year. Um, again, three years of starting experience. Um, probably his 2021 season was his worst one. Um, you could argue, um, of, of his career so far, he was, uh, uh, you know, played all seven games in the COVID shortened 2020 season, 1300 yards, um, seven touchdowns, also had four rushing touchdowns. And then, um, his red shirt sophomore season is when he got, uh, his, um, his, uh, his, his, you know, quality playing time. Um, he was, uh, almost 1200 yards, eight touchdowns and threw just two interceptions that year, along with, uh, six rushing touchdowns. So, um, you know, this is a kid that I think, you know, is probably the front runner to be QB1 this year, um, right? Only one year of eligibility. Yeah. So, yeah. like, call him a loner, call him what you will. But, like, I think this is a kid that's going to come in, could pick up the offense of what Brian Ellis and Coach Elton want to do um, pretty quickly. Um, and you could see this guy, you know, start day one right against Morgan State, 
in the rest of the season. Um, and if anything, definitely push the guys we have in the Cam Ransoms of the world, um, in the two young guys, right? Uh, Kid from Walton and uh, David Dallas, and right, um, and uh, even. Um, so Gusky, right? So, I mean, this is a guy that's going to come in with experience um, and add a ton of depth to the quarterback room, but probably right now is the front runner to get to get the start. He's going to allow, obviously, what you mentioned, the the young man, um, the two incoming freshmen that we're going to have, Dallas and the kids from uh, Cobb County, uh, for them to come in, redshirt, learn the system, get accustomed to college, the whole nine yards. Um, this, I think, is going to be a good competition for Cam Ransom, right? Somebody that can push him, somebody that can sit there and say, okay, if you want to start, this is who you got to beat out. And if he beats this young man out, this transfer from Buffalo, then, you know, wow, we're, we're going to have something here. Um, but if we don't, it's fine. You can still let Cam second string, let him learn the system like like the, the the two incoming freshmen are let him get accustomed to, to what they gotta see get his reps in the practice and then if he doesn't play in four games or whatever you can use it as a redshirt year give him another extra year of eligibility and and there you go you have him for next year and we're off and running I think this is this is to me a, a great pickup and a great and a great signing. Um, because it's a, it, you know your floor now, right? Like you yep. have a great floor. Yep. The floor is this kid. If Cam Newton beats him, watch out. I think we're going to have a special year. That's a great point. Uh, where where we didn't really know that yeah. last year, right? I mean, we we were optimistic about Justin Tomlin for like the little bit that we saw him, but we we didn't know how he was really going to take on that QB one role, right? Where like you're the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, missing the first two games of the season and all that. But yeah, this is a guy that you know can go out and not only put up numbers, but win you football games. You know, throw it. He has an arm. Has you an mentioned arm. his leg. You he look, has a huge arm. Just Google him, uh, like Google him, or get on Twitter if you're on Twitter, and and copy and paste his name, right? Calvin Trees, uh, in search, and and go to the video section. And I mean, almost every single highlight are dimes. I mean, just bombs where he is just throwing fifty yards in the air over the shoulder and just hitting guys for touchdowns. Yeah. Right. We just got to get our offensive line to block. Yeah. You know, you know, but a guy that can run to, I mean, you know, certainly not, not in the sense that we're used to maybe at Georgia Southern and and our quarterbacks, but I mean, it's a guy that, you know, he's not, he's not just going to be a, like a lame duck back there. Right. Uh, He's a guy that can move. He's, he's had, you know, three plus five plus touchdowns every season. Um, so, and usually, you know, and he gets his yards in like short yardage situations. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the type of guy that even if it is just for one year in that bridge kind of year, that bridge gap, if he ends up being the starter, um, yeah, I think this is a great move, um, for, for, for Clay Helton and this offense moving forward. Yeah, it is. No. And, and like I said, it allows your young guys, your young quarterback core, the year that they need to study and learn and understand how the system is going to work. And, and then and then you can obviously go forward from there. Because um, I think quarterback-wise, they're talented, but they're young. Mm-hmm. This is a great guy to come in. As you just said, bridge gap year. To me, he's a great floor. You know, if all goes well, you know, should be bowl eligible. But 
um, if Cam beats him, you know, what does that say about Cam? How does it say how talented Cam is? Yeah. Um, and what Cam oh, can agree. show in practice. I agree. Yeah, you know, I, I think mean, that's, that's a huge that's, tell. That's a huge tell if that happens. Yeah. 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 So I think, <clears throat> you know, obviously it makes me excited to see the spring game now, to be honest with you. You know, to kind of see what they kind of see what little bit of the offense they can get in and teach in, in the spring practices, what the, what they can show. And, and I believe he's he's a spring like he's in now, right? Did he enroll? Yes, I think he's early yes. enroll, which is huge. You know, so he's coming in grad transfer, right? Um, early enroll, so it'll be him and it'll be Cam pretty much right out of the gate. Like that's at least hope it. Hope so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I know he's already been on campus. I know I've you know he was at a basketball game. Um, his family taking pictures with Gus and stuff. Seems like they've all you know embraced the gotta lifestyle right at, and like uh yeah I, I i'm excited about it like I, I think this is a kid that again um is just is consistent you know we we need someone that has the arm that can make the throws that can take care of the football now yes you know he, he threw some interceptions that's that's a concern but you know buffalo you look at their offense um even last year you know didn't have the record that they wanted um but just the year before i believe were the mac runner-up or I know they went to the MAC championship game um played Ball State I believe um and you know they, they've had a good team um and they're that balanced offense you know they, they always had that good kind of power running game um but also could mix in the throws um hit hit teams deep. yeah I feel like just about all the MAC offenses are the same now very heavy run base heavy run but then you can hit you over the top which yeah. we've heard Clay yeah. Hilton say that's what he wants to, wants to do so like this is the perfect guy to come yeah. in now does that concern usher. you that that we may have like a, a, a mag looking offense mm-hmm. is that concern i think balance i i think i think we just need to have a versatile enough offense to be able to do something different depending on what the defense throws at us um okay. we we just have not been good enough you know in, in 14 and 15 we could say this is what we're doing we're we're running to the outside. We're pitching the ball to Matt Breida. Stop us, you know. Or and, really just hand it off. Or hand it off in the middle, yeah. and we're going to make gaps, you know, as as, as wide as um, the Red Sea with Moses, right? <laughs> and, and 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 we're going to run through it. Um, but that's not that hasn't been the case since. Um, no. And I think you know we've talked about lacking identity on offense, and I think that's the key here. Is like this: we're we're trying to build that identity. Van Trees, if he is the guy will help us bridge that gap. Um, and, you know, we just need that more balance. We need that threat on both sides. I don't think we're abandoning the run game, but if, if you're going to stack the box and put eight, nine guys in there, we're going to throw it over the top. And guess what? Kyle Van Treese is going to hit his guy where maybe a Justin Tomlin yeah. couldn't. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just the truth. And as good as Shy Wirtz was, Calvin Treese is going to hit his guy more often than than Chai Words has got. And we have receivers. Yes. You know, we have receivers. So yep. it's it's no, I think you're right. It'll be I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the season. I'm not going to get my hopes too high, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I think we're going to be in the gutter. Yeah, you shouldn't. You should and we'll get to that too. I mean, I'm I'm kind of middle ground. Like I'm I'm thinking 500ish, you know, but We'll get into that more in the in the future, but I'm you know I'm thinking like six and six, maybe seven wins. Like that's you know get to a bowl game, see what happens, um, which is good. I, I I know that's hard for people to hear, 
but but I think yeah. I think with this transition, I think if that happens, we are in really good shape moving forward. I know we brought in the quarterback room's full, right? So I mean, uh, you know, we we talked about Dallas and we talked about the recruits coming in. We had some, uh, you know, a preferred walk on. Um, I don't know if we had another transfer come in. I know we had some transfers. We had some tight ends, right, come in from the Citadel, I believe, and Mercer, Mercer. right? Big guys, big guys. Yeah, Uh, the kid from Mercer looks like an athlete, to be honest. I mean, he is. He was used as a joker, I believe, is is what they they call it in in that system there. And uh, and the coach, uh, what, um, Chronic, Coach Chronic's offense there, you know, a guy that we (laughs) were uh, interested in possibly for the head coach. Um, Creative offense. Um, Yeah, he, he, he was utilized a lot. In that offense, so yeah, really excited about that. You see it with the offensive line um, uh, that we recruited, uh, you know, in, in the the high school kids, and then also the guys that we're targeting. Um, I don't think any have committed just yet. I think we have one that maybe flipped uh, to Troy, I believe, um, big offensive yeah, lineman. Yeah, I think so. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you, you see the guys that that Coach Helton and his staff are going after, and uh, you know, through wide receivers, tight ends, and offensive linemen. Big guys, big frames, you know, something that we're mm-hmm. not quite used to. Um, talking 6'3 to 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six guys, offensive linemen 300 plus. Um, even, you know, some of the tight ends were like 260, right? I mean, so huge, huge guys. Um, so, yeah, really, really excited to see how this shakes out. No, I, I think, um, what is it? The, the next signing period is coming up the next three weeks or so. So mm-hmm. we'll probably follow up probably with something after that, yep. don't you think? Um, when we kind of get some stuff, you know, when they get that all finalized and in, yep. and then we can really talk about who they brought in. Maybe two, four, seven would have updated some stuff by then to let us know right. exactly, uh, where we stand in the, uh, conference recruiting race, but, uh, who knows? Um, but no, I think to me at this point, it's kind of wait and see the quarterback one was a big get. Um, I think the tight end, the tight end, um, that we got from Mercer looks to be very interesting. Um, especially if we can use him um, in our passing game. I think he'd be a great threat, especially across uh, down the seam um, and in some flats um, routes and then just a way to kind of change up the uh, the look on offense and to really confuse the defense. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll end today's show or at least, you know, the next the, the big the big segment um, will be guys returning, right? So th- this is something that we talked about. Um, this is huge. This is this huge, is, huge. And, and we mentioned big. it. We mentioned it in the last episode, and I believe in the one before, um, right? But that was still kind of too early. But in the last episode, three, four weeks ago, um, you know, right before Christmas, how we started across, right, the Sun Belt and Group of Five and all of college football, transfer portal, blowing up. Blowing up, just guys left and right, just going and going and going and going. All quiet on Georgia Southern, right? Just not really seeing really anybody. Um, and a couple guys declared for the NFL. Yeah, a couple guys declared for the NFL, but you're not seeing this mass exodus that you're seeing at schools like Louisiana, right? That Billy Napier leaves there. <laughs> those guys they are hide. so mad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. God bless them. The, yeah, well, we that, say those guys the, ra- the, the Rage and Review guys. God yeah. bless them. Great guys, great guys. And they do a fantastic job. Um but man, I mean, they are losing their minds, and and they should be. They should be. I mean, we would too, right? This would be a very uh, different. I don't know. Now we'll have a different podcast. No, but it's expected. It's expected. If your coach leaves, he's going to take half the staff and probably a few players. It's expected. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, I, I guess it is. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm frankly surprised how many guys Napier has taken from Louisiana to Florida. And it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Like, are you really, I mean, I'm not discrediting Louisiana and what they've built, what Napier built there, right? But I mean, like you're saying those guys are SEC quality guys? Like, they, they, they you know, like, I don't know. I mean, it like it, it'll be interesting to see if they come in or like impact players from day one, um, or if they're just kind of no, like depth. I think they're probably depth. And are they going to be happy being depth though? Like, I get it. Guys are under recruited all the time, um, and and guys are over recruited. I mean, you see all these like transfer portal like five star guys right that are going on to their third school now because they yeah. they don't fit in anywhere. Um, but you know, so I I get it. But it's it's just interesting that, like, it's not surprising that so many guys left Louisiana. But I am surprised with the amount of he players recruited that went to a lot of great players. He did a lot of a lot of really good players. So I'm not surprised if, to be honest, it's kind of you know, let's say Clay Hilton does the same thing. Let's say he comes in here first year, we're six and six, seven and five, we're in a bowl game. Good, 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 good. He increases it we get into championships and you know all that good stuff and he's out like like napier is right yeah waits his time picks the school he wants to go to mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be surprised if he takes the majority of the coaching staff That's and true. a lot of transfer coaching staff makes school. sense I, I guess just the players but i mean i guess it just goes to show you that, relationships. that well, I mean, they form relationships with Napier and that coaching staff. But and, I mean, just talent wise, like sense. it just shows that the playing field isn't that far apart as some think it is. No, right? yeah. and I don't exactly, um, Dan Mullen, if he was exactly the greatest recruiter at the no, University it of Florida. Seem like he is, yeah. So, you know, Napier could go in there and say, hey, you know, these are some places where we need some depth quickly. And decided to say, "Hey, I trust these guys." You know, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's seen them day in, day out. No, but True. you know, I maybe there were things said behind closed doors that was like, maybe I won't touch certain guys or I won't go after Louisiana players, and they feel like that's been lied about or that he's lied to him about that. Maybe that's where the anger comes. But I think just in general, the way that college football is today, that's not something to get too upset about. But, um. Anyways, we got on a really bad tangent. That was not where we were we supposed did. to go on that. <laughs> it was not. Um, so, so we'll uh, we'll go. Uh, yeah. So the players returning for us. For us. <laughs> um, the, the 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 point was yes across across the board and in Louisiana is kind of the close to home example. Um, you're you're just seeing this mass exodus with a coaching change. Whether it's um, coach being fired and let go, or coach moving on, um, with us we we'd said all quiet on the Western Front, right? And then the last episode of like, and we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Turns out nothing happened, and we got news, and it was positive news that these guys and and key players are coming back. Um, so you know, it starts with JD King, right, coming back um, for I guess his what sixth year. Yes. Um, it, taking advantage of the COVID year, obviously had the medical red shirt, um, but get him back. That's huge. Um, obviously wasn't utilized much coming back from that injury, that knee injury last year. Um, excited to see what he can do. You've got uh, defensive end Justin Ellis coming back. You got offensive lineman Brian Miller and Logan Langemeyer, um coming back to you know huge not not just uh, 
not just great at their positions, but but leaders on the on the offensive line. Um, so that's great to see. Brian Miller's another guy, right? <laughs> that seems like he's yeah. been here forever. He has been here um, forever. Dealt with some injuries, um, but but yeah, I mean, just adds um, solidifies that offensive line, which which is awesome. Um, and then you've got uh, safety Justin Birdsong announcing that he's coming back. Um, I believe you know he wasn't maybe. A senior, or at least as much of a senior as those other other guys, but I think he could have graduated back. and been done with if he wanted Technically, to. Technically, yeah, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, he he was still up for it, even though he wasn't as far as long. Um, and then uh, Caleb Kelly, line uh, lineman, um, Leon Ryan uh, coming back. Um, was Najee Thompson one of them too? Najee Thompson yeah. was one of the early ones, right? So he he was before Christmas. He might have been the first one. Um, and you know we retweeted that because I mean you talk about a guy that I, I think I called him on on Twitter, heart and soul of the team, right? I mean you're you're talking about yeah. a guy that's gone through yeah. multiple coaching staffs that literally multiple does positions? whatever whatever you ask of him. Right, he'll be a special teams player of the week. Then he'll make a Sports Center top top ten catch. Right, the next week, then he'll play defensive back <laughs> and make it and make like a great one handed interception. Yeah. Right, yeah, th- this past season, one handed inter- interception in the end zone. So, I mean, you talk about a guy that, like, he's he's not going to go down. Like, you're not going to, you might not remember him if you're like, unless you're like a hardcore fan 10, 20 years from now for me, like, oh, that, that was an impact player. That was a big guy. But, like, he literally does everything and he does it well. And no questions asked, we'll go out and, and, and do it. Right. Yeah, um, so no. yeah, super excited to have him back. I think this speaks volumes on two fronts. One, how much I think these players love the university and the fan base and how much they want to see it end on a positive note. Two, I think it also speaks volumes for the coaching staff to come in so quickly and build their relationships with these players, with these leaders, and for them to say, okay, I'm going to stick around. Um, cause that's hard to do. Um, cause I know that a lot of them had, had great relationships with the last coaching staff. A lot of them felt maybe that the last coaching staff wasn't given enough uh, leeway or was treated maybe a little bit unfairly, but give props to coach Helton and his staff for coming in and saying, you're saying all the right things. I yeah, mean, I understand I mean, that only goes so far and you'll see what happens yeah. like, on the field, right? And next year, who knows, you know, depending on how it goes could be. Very different, and we see a situation like Louisiana. But, I mean, again, not to pick on them, but they hire a guy from within. They do like a, a, a Lunsford-type hire, right? Get it was a little Coach bit better Daz. than that. I mean, he – but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, getting getting Coach Daz, their offensive coordinator, former quarterback, record-setting quarterback for them, right? A guy that, like, players coach, right? Oh, yeah, everybody loves him. Sees a, you know, you see the video of them freaking out when he he uh, comes in, you know, AD announces him, and then just everybody leaves. You know yeah, and I mean? I get yeah. it. You're getting promised by Napier. You get to go to SEC school. You get to go, you know, you prove yourself at Louisiana, and you go wherever, Power 5 school. But, like, I don't know. I, like, I, I, I kind of expected that to some degree, right? I mean, you, you expected it. Like, we, we talked about it where with Lunsford leaving, like, we thought there would be – guys that just say you know what i'm done like like i i, I didn't did my time i'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm done i'm got my degree I'm, I'm gonna go I'm go- got my degree yeah. you go to the nfl you're try your shot at, at canada or usfl or you know something like that um or you transfer you know and, and we just saw very very little of it and and i think that yeah i think that speaks volumes 
for Coach Helton and that and that coaching staff of like they retained that they said the right things. And, you know, can they follow through and deliver on those promises or, you know, whatever they said, who knows, you know, the jury's out on that. But um, I, I think something can be said to be able to retain these like key guys. Yeah, um, I think it's I so think it speaks volumes. Ones that we're leaving out, obviously, um, Todd Bradley Glenn, right, coming He's back coming back again. And he announced it what, a yeah. week or so ago before this. Yep, yep, he did. He was uh, a recent one, and, you know, you talk about a guy that has gone through the ring. Talk about a heart and soul of a team there. Yeah, another heart and soul of the team. Um, So that's huge. I I mean, even if it's just leadership, right, just like players, coach, like have – I mean, he's he's probably going to start, but, I mean, just to have that depth, to have that leadership, um, to have that continuity – you know, on the defense, is going to be so huge for Will Harris, right? Yes. Um, and then on the offensive side, Amari Jones, you know, a guy coming in from Tulane. You, you talk about J.D. King being underutilized. Um, you know, Amari Jones was, you know, the Swiss, uh, Swiss Amari knife, right, as they call him. And we were really excited thinking that he might kind of take take the place of a Wesley Kennedy and in some ways he did I mean certainly like Najee Thompson played some quarterback played wide receiver played slot played running back um I think today kicks, we think but right. offensive line and tight end to be honest with you there you go there you go and I I expect the same I I think in this offense that is not going to be as one-dimensional um I'm really He'd be a great wildcat shine I think yeah I think I think wildcat I think slot I think, um, you know, obviously line them up, but running back, putting them in, you know, wide receiver, you know, in four wide receiver, you know, four or five wide receiver sets. I think that that's a guy. I mean, you see him catching balls like he I'm really, really excited about what he can bring in this new multidimensional. Yeah, offense. no, you're exactly right. And see what um, what coach uh, Ellis and, and Helton can 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 think of what they can do. I mean, again, I think. The first time in a long time, I'm really excited about a spring game because I'm, I'm see I'm, I want to see what the offense is going to look like, and that's really going to be our only glimpse of it until we play what Morgan State to start the season. So you know, <clears throat> see how they. I don't think they'll show much, but hopefully, what they do show will give us an idea of kind of where they're headed, and you know, hopefully, they show yes. enough to win. <laughs> yes. Because Gardner Webb, we barely did. Gosh, I know. I think I think if we Campbell beat Morgan State by like three touchdowns, I think the whole fan base will be like, "All right, <laughs> we're excited now. We're, we're good. good." Yeah. Um, but, well, let's just talk about that yeah. for a minute. That's a big thing, right? To not just barely beat an FCS school. I mean, because that's honestly where we've been at the past couple of years. It is. I mean, you say that, and like you could go back to. Um, you could go back oh, to Maine, 27, 28 summers. Well, well, Maine, but I was going to say you could go back to Savannah State. Now they weren't FCS or New Hampshire, um, but you know, or New Hampshire, right? Yeah, Lucy, that's true. That's true. Yeah, New Hampshire. I think I think people definitely, if they didn't already see the writing on the wall, that was um, it. Saw it then, but yeah, but with Savannah State, I mean, we said it right. Like like we beat them by what three, four touchdowns, and they were still like, oh, I don't know, yeah, like big concerns. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, and again, I, I, I said it in a past episode, like this isn't, I, I truly believe this isn't Tyson Summers 2.0. Like for one, uh, you're talking about a guy with 
coach, head coaching experience and, and a winning record and doing it at a big stage and winning major bowl games and major conference championships. Um, and again, a staff that has been successful. I mean, you can have concerns at certain areas, offensive coordinator included, even defensive coordinator of lack of experience. But I mean, I I, th- I think all together when it all meshes, like this is really exciting. Now, is it going to be overnight? Is it going to, you know, no. I mean, it, it you know, I, I don't think we're just going to take the sun belt by storm first year. But I think this is a step in the right direction where everyone kind of saw where we were headed. And Jared Banco has made it clear that he saw this um, even before the off the field stuff that we were headed in the yeah. wrong direction. Um, yeah. And there was a recent podcast that interviewed him and he was like, that wasn't like, there was other things. Like it wasn't just the off the field issues. Yeah. The AD guys. Yeah. 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 Um, But no, I think, you know, I'm excited. I I am. I am very excited um, about this upcoming season. I can't wait for it to get here. I know it's only January. So the next uh, eight to nine months is going to be pretty long, but to me, there's there should be a sense of optimism and hope, um, and usually you don't get that when you finish three and what three and nine. Um, but I feel like they, they, we should, if things go right, based on this coaching staff, based on what I see, th- we should have a chance at the very least to be bowl eligible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think I think six and six is kind of like the the bar. Um, I don't want yeah. to say that's the ceiling, um, but but I think I think if if we hit that, as hard as it is, like I know it's going to be tough, you know, pill to, for a lot of fans to swallow, but I, I think that is a successful season, uh, right? With with this transition, I think we're in a really good spot if that's the case. Like I think I think probably like best case case would probably be six seven wins regular season seven eight wins. With the bowl win, right? Yeah. I I honestly would be happy with that. And I'm not trying to, like, sell it short. But, again, like, I think that's just the progression that we need to have. Um, And if we can do that, I think next year, you know, in 2023, is even more promising where, you know, we're looking at more 9, 10, 11 wins in the conference championship. Yes. Yep. So. Um. Cool, Cody. Well, I think that just about wraps it up, unless you have anything else. No, no, no. I think that wraps it up for for us. Um, <laughs> unless you want to start a, a conversation about uh, UGA fandom. Now, see, you're opening up. Don't, don't, don't get me going. <laughs> I know it's late where you are. It is. No. I, I don't have we, to work. <laughs> no, you know, you're right, but I do. Um, no, I think that's it. Um, again, just to kind of – just my overall thoughts. Coaching staff overall looks great. Um, I know we're all concerned about the offensive coordinator, but again, with what I've seen with everything else, I think now I can be like, okay, I trust it. Let's see how it works. Um, if it works, great. If it don't, we'll, we'll probably see some changes in quick. But uh, again, everything looks positive. Everything looks promising. Everything looks like it's on an upward uh, trajectory. And at this point, there's no doom and gloom. I don't know about you, but I don't really feel any doom and gloom at this point, no. um, which is a huge, huge thing coming off what I think is, one, you know, obviously one of the worst seasons we've ever had. 
Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, let's see. There was one quick point I wanted to make. So about going back to Vantries real quick. I saw this on Twitter, and it was a great point. Um, last time we had a bridge quarterback that came in to kind of ride the ship and usher in a new offense, it was Jay Boshaw, right? Oh, yeah. Coming yeah. in yeah. from under Coach Munkin, going back to triple option, flex bone from, you know, wherever the heck we're – or from, you know, hashtag. Um, and, it you know, he was basically like a loner, a guy with experience there, right? Um, and it was coming off a three-win season, right? Uh, or no, I'm sorry, that wasn't. I guess that was Hatcher's final year, so that was a three-win season. But anyway, coming coming off of a of a bad of a season, season, losing season, and a, a bad tenure overall, I guess, um, in Hatcher, and we've obviously debated that. Um, <clears throat> but but yeah, I, I I thought that was a really interesting point. You know, like um, if if this kid does come in and ends up being QB one. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Like, like the loner thing is not, not a bad thing to, to kind of bridge that gap. Um, so yeah, I, again, just, <clears throat> just throw that like, like little caveat in there. Um, and yeah, I, I share kind of the optimism with you, Cody. I'm really excited. Honestly, first spring game, I think in several seasons, I'm really excited for, um, no info on that yet of, of when that's going to be. No, um, none. usually in early April, right? Um, sometimes even in March. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we'll wait to see that. We'll plan probably the next episode, you know, take a couple weeks off, um, maybe more. Um, and then we'll be in touch with everyone on social media of when that next episode will release, either previewing spring game or um, certainly recapping it and then uh, uh, recruiting, you know, tying that in with the uh, the second half of the recruiting period. And, um, and yeah, and then kind of ushering that into to summer, um, taking a break again and then getting back into it um, for Clay Helton year one. So really excited for it, Cody. Yep, yep. I cannot wait. It's just kind of that, that you know, off-season period, it's just, you know, what's the next thing to get excited about until football season gets here? Um, but, no, I can't wait. I think I think I am I am very optimistic and very excited to get to get this season going. Yeah. So, with that, Cody, we'll pick it up next time. Um, and, as always, Hail Southern. Hail Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.